Hello, welcome back to the Science Line podcast. I'm Allison Parshall, the multimedia editor here at Science Line and your host for a series of exciting new episodes. As always, you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, so be sure to subscribe to follow along. Today, we have a story from the heart of New York City about what I know is one of my favorite topics as someone who has adopted multiple stray cats. We'll explore how experts and just regular people are helping to manage the city's population of our feral feline friends. Tatum McConnell reports. Haley is a Brooklyn resident and a cat lover. I see the cat or any animal that he I One day, on her walk to work, she saw a stray cat who needed some help. I took a video about posting the Kensington Facebook group, and I said, does anybody know this cat? He's limping, it's cold. The Facebook cat community immediately came to the rescue. She saw people working together in the comments saying things like, oh, yeah, and within the next day or two, the cat was brought to Sean Casey Animal Rescue. Haley even set up a GoFundMe campaign to cover his medical expenses, including helping his leg and getting neutered. Sean Casey then found him a new home through adoption. So just to hear people coming together to sort of like solve a problem turn on the cat was really, really heartwarming. Haley is part of a wide network of volunteers, communities, and organizations looking after New York City's feral cats. When it comes to wildlife, NYC is better known for rats and flying rats, aka pigeons, but it's also home to an estimated half a million feral cats. With cold winters and limited food, they don't lead easy lives. While some stray cats are former pets, many were raised with no human contact. These cats are nocturnal and avoid humans, but that doesn't mean they're wild animals. They don't just live out in the wild. They're a domestic species because humans kind of created feral cats. You know, I feel a sense of stewardship and I try to encourage that in other people. Hi, I'm Kathleen O'Malley. I'm the director of community cat education for Bidewee's Feral Cat Initiative based in New York City and Long Island. Kathleen says on a citywide level, trap neuter return is the most humane and effective method of managing feral and stray cat populations. It means that cats are humanely captured. They are taken to the vet for spay and neuter, for vaccination against rabies, um, which is really important in the New York City area where rabies is endemic. In addition to keeping feral cats safe and healthy, trap neuter return has an ecological benefit. In the U.S., outdoor cats are estimated to kill up to 4 billion birds and 22.3 billion small mammals per year. Reducing introduced feral cat numbers also helps cut down their predation levels. But do those long-term trap-neuter-return efforts really work? So in theory, absolutely it works. To get the scientific scoop on trap-neuter-return, I spoke with Julia Kilgore, a researcher who studies feral cats at Purdue University. We've been hearing a lot lately about the efficacy of vaccines and how, you know, if we get a certain proportion of the population vaccinated, then diseases will be eliminated. Well, the same thing applies to trap-neuter-return. If you sterilize upwards of 80% of a population, then you're going to see a decline. Julia spent two summers in New York City counting cats to learn more about ways to manage their populations. She looked at blocks where trap-neuter return was conducted and control blocks with no feral cat intervention. Did you get to know any particular cats in the neighborhood? Loads of them were very friendly. You know, they'd come up to us on the street. They were like the stoop cats. Um, There were a lot of bodega cats that we got to know. And yeah, so a lot of them were were sort of regulars. Julia explained that it takes more than a year for trap-neuter return to create a decline in cats. This is because cats have a high reproductive rate and a large percentage need to be sterilized to see a population decline. 
the unfortunate thing is that rarely are we actually able to sterilize that number. But she found that even as cats moved around the city, the blocks with trap neuter returns still had more sterilized cats than the control blocks. This is an encouraging sign that long-term trap neuter return can decrease populations of feral cats. I do want to add that this is possible. In practice, it has been done. For example, the University of Central Florida conducted trap neuter return with feral cats on campus. From 1996 to 2019, they saw an 85% decrease in the number of cats. But this isn't just thanks to trap neuter return. At the UCF campus and in New York City, organizations combine trap neuter return with adoption. The easiest way to get a cat off the street is to give it a new home, but this only works for socialized cats who are used to humans. Those feral cats with no human experience are better off being returned than adopted. Haley, who we heard from earlier, knows this well, with some adopted fuzzy friends of her own, Tinkerbell, Olive, and Teddy. Actually, one if you're interested in getting involved with feral cats, check out bideawee.org, B-I-D-E-A-W-E-E.org, or a community Facebook page to learn more about trap neuter return and caring for cat colonies. For Science Line, I'm Tatum McConnell. That's all, folks. We'll be back soon with more exciting stories from our team of reporters. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. And be sure to share this episode with your family and friends that love cats as much as we do. Science Line is a production of NYU's Science, Health, and Environmental Reporting Program. Our theme music is by Jazzar at the Free Music Archive. And for more information, please visit us at scienceline.org or send us an email at scienceline at gmail.com. See you next time.